Welcome to the Carolina Codecast. I'm Barry Jones, and with me today is Kevin Dees from RoboJuice. Say hello, Kevin. Hey, how are you? Doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Glad to have you. So what are you up to these days? Oh, many, many things. Where to start? So you mentioned, (laughs) yes. So you mentioned RoboJuice. So over there, we're making custom software for companies. They'll typically come to us like with a typically a more complex problem. And then we'll walk them through the process of solving that. So, you know, we're always doing that sort of thing. And I say several things because that's yeah. one of many things that we have going on. We have uh, the Website Leader Podcast, yeah. which you have been Thanks on. Thanks for having me on that, by the way. That was great. Very appreciative. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Business Website Leader is another thing on top of that. And the Website Leader Podcast kind of is our driving marketing tool for Website Leader. And those are specifically websites that we will take care of everything A to Z for companies, particularly in the service realm. And, oh, let's see, we have Type Rocket <laughs> is another one. That's a software like for I need to make a topic uh, developers. And let's, and let's back through each one of these things. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you you know, I'm, I have a game company as well. And, you know, we, we mentioned possibly talking about that on the show. All right. But, uh, as nerds, there's a lot of crossover in a lot of those uh, yep. realms. So that's happy to be uh, here. And, and you know, this is this is exactly my my favorite type of conversations to have, just because you know, as as, as we kind of discovered with the conference with the Carolina Code Conference, one of the reasons that it's a polyglot conference is because you can't really pigeonhole developers. Anybody in the technical field, they're they're in that field mostly because it's they're curious they're always trying new things they're always experimenting and it sounds like you've got quite a lot that you've been, that you've been into so let's uh let's stick to the code side of it first talk to me about type rocket yes. where did this come from what is it uh and and where's it going now right so in 1987 i was born <laughs> and uh, <laughs> How far back you want i'll spare you the whole history <laughs> Yeah, I'll spare you the history of Kevin. I was on a podcast at one point and I did that and I was like, people didn't want people didn't want to know that my mom taught me how to code, but hey, I did. here we are. That's pretty cool. Uh yeah. Yeah. So Type Rocket uh was something that I was working on. It's just a collection of tools, sort of like how PHP started. Anybody that knows the story of PHP, you know, Rasmus Lerdorf was putting together these like C functions. And he said, oh, I'll just release and let other people use these. And that's what Type Rocket was. It was that for WordPress, just a, a group of utilities that I built. And it slowly turned into an entire framework that is very akin to Laravel. Anybody that's used Type Rocket will instantly feel like, oh, this is the Laravel of WordPress. So it just makes streamlining and building applications in WordPress very rapid. And probably somebody's asking, like you are, Barry. If if we have all these tools available to us, why are we building applications of WordPress? Let's let WordPress do what it does best. Let's not have this golden hammer anti-pattern uh, of like trying to beat WordPress into something it's not. Uh, but what we ran into in many client scenarios is they actually needed a good bit of WordPress. And so it was like, okay, we can use something like Laravel to build out our applications, but then we're going to have to build all the things that WordPress does or try to slap WordPress onto a Laravel. And so it just made sense for us as we're building out these WordPress sites for a yeah. lot of our clients, uh, e-commerce space or business space, 
that needs something more to not have to go and reach for something like a Laravel to, to do things uh, that WordPress already provides. And so it, it just, again, you can rapidly build. If, if you think, if you put yourself in like a MVC, uh, Django, Ruby on Rails, Laravel mindset, just think that, but within WordPress, so you don't have to add another layer of complexity or technical debt to what you're nice. doing. So that's, that's ultimately what type so essentially, you know, if, for anybody who hasn't used WordPress before, it's a it's a great tool to to set up a website, a content focused website that makes you know writing and managing the content easier. But it also has an entire ecosystem of plugins that are out there, and yes. some of the there's definitely trade offs with the plugins. You know, so one of the biggest things is that you know you don't know if a plugin is going to keep being developed long term or if it's going to get retired, even though it solves the problem yes. that you have. There's over like 10,000 plugins in the WordPress. Exactly. And some of them are clearly, you know, more popular than others and not going anywhere. But, uh, you know, I know I've like, I used one to, uh, that was retired. And now that it's entrenched as a core piece of, uh, of the site that it was on, getting off of it is a huge pain in the tail. And, uh, it would have been a lot easier for me if I had just been able to quickly build the plugin that I needed. Uh, and essentially, when you told me about Type Rocket, that was kind of how I thought of it. If I need to set up a, a a WordPress site for the WordPress functions, but there's some more advanced stuff that I need to do, I could take Type Rocket and have a good programming environment to work with within this in order to build out that more advanced functionality in WordPress where other people can still manage the, the content, right? Absolutely. You know, that, that's a great use case scenario. When you need ownership of the technology and that is going to drive your business. You don't want to rely on, I mean, you do want to rely on open source, but in a way you don't want to rely on one developer behind a plugin that may not be exactly. around a little for as long as, as your company plans to be around. And Type Rocket, because it, it, it is open source, it's backed by RoboJuice. So you have a whole company behind it. It's not just individual right. developer, right? Uh, but because you're in control of that, if you need the feature, you don't have to send out a support request to developers and say, hey, this, this one little thing that I need would be really nice. Or hoping that they put the proper mechanisms in place for you to insert and customize things a bit. And then the thing that, that we often run against is in the WordPress world, you can have like 20, 50 plugins in a site. And that, but you only need like 3% of each one of mm -hmm. those plugins. That makes sense. So then you have all of this debt, all this these plugins that add complexity that weigh the site down, slow it down. It's not a great experience for you when you're administering the site, but then also for the customer, if you haven't optimized that well, you know, uh, time to first byte is, you know, increased significantly, especially if you're not using page caching or something like that. So, you know, type rocket really helps streamline that. It's extremely fast uh, to develop in, but then also it, it keeps your user experience on the admin side, super nice. And then like you said, if you want full control over it, it gives you that. It gives you the opportunity to make those nice. choices. I, I know definitely one of my big points of frustration when I tried to get in and, and do some some hands-on work with it was I, I managed to get in, not with TypeRocket, but with WordPress in general, uh, was that uh, you know I, I did almost nothing but PHP for 10 straight years. And for the last 10 years, I've barely done any PHP. And now getting into it, the language has improved so much and added so much and changed so much that I almost feel like I need to go through and relearn the language yes. to jump back in and take advantage of what's there. I'm like, what, what are all these? This is so confusing now. <laughs> yes. Come back. 
Okay, Barry, so PHP, since you left, you were leaving Cake probably three days, Cake PHP uh, three. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, so we have uh, class types, union types, name parameters. It was around 2011 uh, when I kind of stopped with PHP. Yeah. So we've, we've got a lot of really cool tools that you can come back. Uh, we don't have generic types yet, but you can use doc blocks for those. We have return types now. So very much in the, like the more Java-y declarative typing system, um, which definitely makes debugging a lot easier. I'm sure you've run into tons of those back in the PHP days. Yeah. So unexpected Honestly, input. The, ah. so, so back in the day when I used to do so much PHP, um, I, uh, I was working at a company here in Greenville, a large company here in Greenville who had a lot of Java developers, but it was during a time period when Java development, when Java IDEs did not compile one file at a time as you worked. And so every time you made a change, it had to recompile the entire project and it took forever. Yep. And so what they ended up yes. doing was they ended up using all of these Java backend services to power the critical pieces of the company. And then they would build PHP front ends that would actually just talk to them over, uh, over, you know, soap based web services <laughs> back in the day. And, yep. um, and it was, it was an interesting experience, but I remember when I was finally on both sides of this, cause I mean, my background in school was in, uh, was in Java and all I wanted to do when I got out of school was Java, but I still, I just kept ended up doing all this PHP instead. One of the things that really caught me off guard was I ran into more issues with, you know, debugging the Java code than I ever came close to running into debugging the PHP code. Uh, and it was, it was to the point that I was so much more productive in PHP that I almost just swore it off for a little while, but then things got a lot better on the Java side too. Programming's changed so much in the last 20 years. It's been really crazy, but, um, it has, everything's in JavaScript yeah, now. Yeah. I've, I've, I've still managed to avoid that. I've not learned a single front end fam framework in the past decade. I'm still, you know, jQuery rocks. <laughs> <laughs> It's now, if this was a developer podcast, this is the part where like you're listening and you <laughs> just goes like to the bottom. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but this is a polyglot, you know, Carolina code conference. Hey, there, there's say, a JavaScript line in the shirt uh, you know, for, for the record. Yeah. Nothing against JavaScript. There was yeah, just it too was, many uh, frameworks and I just, I didn't, it was, the frameworks were changing so often. It just seemed like I couldn't decide on, on which one to jump into on which one to say, okay, this one's going to stick. And it seems like now React is, is, but then again, Vue started coming up and really taking over. Right. And so it's, it's hard. And I just don't do enough work on the front end side to commit to learning all these different front end frameworks. Yeah. I mean, back in the early days when you and I, early days, you know, 10 whole years ago, we're so old. Only for me. So. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, te yeah, technically I'm, I'm about 15. I'll just say 10 though. I want to feel young. I've, I've sworn that off at this point. I just committed to the beard and, and just yeah. let the gray come in and everything. So. Well, back when we were much younger lads, uh, you know, it, you could you could run the whole stack. You know, a full stack developer was something that was semi-achievable. Mm -hmm. You could learn servers at, at the most fundamental level. You know, we didn't even have we didn't have web sockets or any of that kind of fun stuff. You know, you could do your own sockety right. stuff, but you know, you had servers. You had your back end language. You had some CSS and HTML. JavaScript was just eye candy. Like you said, jQuery. I want to, when you click the button, I want to make something on the page move around or whatever. And that was it. But then HTML, 
three or CSS three HTML five react. Then you have serverless and microservices like the, the buds word starts building yeah. and building. Um, I remember the days like when subversion, you know, <sighs> just copy and paste and make folders was the version control of choice. Now we have Git, which yeah, is awesome. I was but, talking uh, to somebody the other yeah. day and I was actually telling them that, you know, we had three people collaborating on a project um, back then and there was no version control system available. And so the way that we all worked together was we all hopped on one shared server with them and uh, we would count on them saying that somebody else was already editing the file so that we didn't accidentally jump in and override each other. <laughs> yeah, it was a version control back in the day. But uh, yeah, and FTP, uh, FTP. Oh, yeah uploads to update your live site, not even SFTP, just, Hey, let's upload a new file, yep. replace it. Yeah. Now, <laughs> so, now there's definitely times when I feel like, you know, the old man shouting at the sky on some of this stuff, but, you know, but it is, it is interesting to see, you know, there's, you know, every action has a, uh, has an equal and opposite reaction. Right. And so as, as the front end stuff got more complex, people started pushing for simpler solutions to it. And so you ended up with, you know, with things like uh, Elixir's Live View and you know Rails's Hotwire and mm -hmm. Turbo stuff that just tried to say, hey, you've got a interactive application with minimum working, still do everything on the server side. Um, but uh, it's there's different solutions depending on on where you are. It's at, at a company where you need to clearly have a you know where there's a, a larger team involved, then you need to have a distinct setup for here is your front end team. They need to be able to do everything that they need to be able to do, and they just need to talk to whatever your multiple sets of backend teams are doing. That's one thing. At a smaller company where you've got a couple of people, it makes it makes a lot more sense to just focus on keeping the entire stack simple enough that those two people can do everything. And uh, it's you know separation of concerns and the the different needs and structure. It's it's going to vary based on where you are. But, uh, but yeah, you you mentioned separation of concerns, and it's. That was actually where I was going to segue into a type that, <laughs> Yeah, that was my plan. <laughs> it's uh, uh, the the separation of concerns is an interesting topic to me because in the early days of the web, there there was this place where you would put basically aesthetic stuff. I'm I'm like I've been talking so nerdy, and now I'm going to try to dumb down what oh, I'm talking fine. about. No, we would have font, you know, we would have font tags and aesthetic declarations within HTML. And we're like, you know, that's not great. Let's separate these concerns. Let's have this thing called CSS and let's allow ourselves to have rounded buttons with that and not rely on images to, to do those things. Images should be just mm -hmm. content. And, you know, you have JavaScript for functionality. And so it's, it's been interesting to see where we diverged and started separating concerns in the web space. And then in a way we've converged right back to where we began. Yep. Or now JavaScript is running everything. And it's like, well, if we need HTML, then we'll server side render that. And then that'll be our thing. And uh, like you said, your segue back sort of the, the type rocket, type rocket's doing that in a way it's saying, you know, separate your concerns take WordPress, your core technology, and not separation of concerns at architecture level, right? Like separation of concerns in terms of like how you think about your business and how you're putting things together for the end user. So like have WordPress drive this thing, use tools within that ecosystem, but separate the concern of the customization parts over to TypeRocket versus 10 different yeah. plugins. And then you know, on, on your UI side, something else Type Rocket does for just people who are like, what is Type Rocket? I'm still kind of curious about that. Barry, let him talk. Um, 
or make him stop if you're if you don't if you're yeah, not right WordPress. But uh, uh, Type Rocket also gives you that, that UI library. So it, not only is it the the backend side that Laravel offers, it also provides utility to build out the interface side. So you can have a consistent feel across the WordPress interface without having to think about, hey, I need to pull in this custom React component or view component for this thing. It's like, no, you just, I need an input field. Type Rocket takes care of that with one line of code. Yeah. If you need repeater fields, you know, to stack things together, just three lines of code. Boom, and so where can, where can people find uh, out more about Type Rocket? So, uh, not really social media. I'm not that uh, that young and newfangled yet. Uh, there is a little bit on YouTube, but typerocket.com is the best place to go and then just kind of dive in. There's a video, you hit play, you can kind of see like the demo thing that right. I put together quite a while, while ago. But it's, yeah, it's still a very stable platform. You know, if people go over to GitHub, they'll see there hasn't been a ton of updates uh, to the to the product. There's a few reasons for that. Number one, WordPress is hardcore into backwards compatibility. So you can know that your site that was put together 10 years ago will still be running today. And Type Rocket, because of that, has not had to like, oh, we need the new version to keep up with WordPress. It's like we just have the new version to keep up with the PHP release cycle. And, you know, we're PHP 8 support. And, you know, that hasn't fallen out of support in our core because we're a fundamental system, we don't need to necessarily add a bunch of new features. It's up to you to build yeah, out the I new mean, thing. Look, and so we, you know, we have the solid foundation. That's, that's a, that's a big thing. I mean, backwards compatibility is, is a huge selling point, especially if you've gotten really tired of having to update something every time a new version comes out. It's a, it's a fantastic goal to achieve. I mean, there's, I think there are some languages that, you know, design their entire language around insisting that backwards compatibility will be maintained. I think Go was a big one for that as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's fantastic. Well, so if you want to learn more about TypeRocket, go visit TypeRocket.com. You can find out everything about it. If you're dealing with WordPress sites and you uh, and you want to have a a more uh, effective programming experience within it, go check it out. And uh, Kevin and Robo just will be happy to help you with all that. But Absolutely. there was something else you mentioned that I just have to ask about. Yes. Did you say you have a game company now? <laughs> all right. So you. You're a good you're a good host because you pretend like you don't know anything. But we did talk about it. We did talk about it earlier. Um, you're stealing the magic, so, Kevin. Uh, yeah. yeah uh, Broadway is where we belong. Exactly. Draw you in. Um. So I do have a game company. I have been working on a trading card game for about 17 okay. years. It started in high school, um, and I won't give you the whole story, but. I, you know, like any side project off and on, you know, as when I was a kid, I made my own version of nice. Monopoly. I, I created an arcade like that you could walk into and play arcade games in my family's attic. Like I took random stuff and like use the, uh, connects, oh, you know, wow. to make all these moving things. Interesting. So I, yes. When we talk about being <laughs> a super nerd, um, that's, that's I'm here. the goal. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's our so target audience. At making, this point, Kevin. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> At this point, what are we, 18 minutes in or so? It's definitely the only people <laughs> left. Um, <laughs> so, yes, I uh, started the game company to get this game out the door. I started that. and uh, So I finally have a release date for this game. The game is called Six Forms, and it releases March 19th, 2024, okay, cool. right when all the fun tax money comes in for everybody mm, to have, that's good uh, you know, 
uh, frivolous spending, not frivolous, because this game is very important to you. You should definitely nice. pick it up. Um, but, it, you know, it combines trading cards, games with a board game, okay. like chess. And so that's kind of the, the twist with it. You would think, oh, it's it's simple. You, do, you know, you just take cards and you play them like pieces on a board, but it's not that simple. Um, there's a reason it took me about 17 years to make this thing. It's I've been very methodical and meticulous about all the little elements. And um, I actually had uh, Mar Marco Suarez worked with me. He does methodical coffee oh, here right, at Greenville. Marco. He he helped design parts of the game, the aesthetic pieces. Um, he doesn't he doesn't hasn't done all of the aesthetic pieces, but a good bit of them on the cards, like the card back, for example, has been done by Marco. And I've, you know definitely blessed to be able to have somebody like him come in and help with the game because I am not an artist. I have tried. Uh, it's it yeah. didn't work out. I that's can I can career. relate to that. That's that's not my skill set. Just in, in just setting up this this podcast, just doing the the basic show graphics and stuff, I'm I'm having to get people show me how. So this is how this Canva thing works. I literally just have to change the text, right. and it still feels really hard to me. It's like I'm trying to you know explain complicated things to my complicated tech things to my parents or something. It's it's just it's a blind spot for me. I can't even explain it. But so so tell me about what the so tell me about what the gameplay is like. You, you mentioned it's kind of like a card game, yeah, um, or a combination card game and chess games. So are we talking something like, you know, the old style battle chess type video games where you would have, you know, two pieces that a piece that would try to take another piece and you'd get to fight and see who actually won. Right. Yeah. So very, so uh, I'll do some okay. explaining game splaining or whatever. Um, so chess, not, you know, I've actually met a few people who aren't really sure about what chess is. So I will, I will do the most terrible thing and explain what chess is. So on chess, you have an eight by eight grid and you take pieces from your side. Let's say you're white and the other person's black and you'll have, uh, what is it? Eight by two. So 16 pieces per mm -hmm. person. And you'll advance down the field trying to take out a specific piece called right. the king. Right. And so to take out pieces, you collide your color into their color on the same spot. But the gotcha is pieces can only move in specific ways. So, I take those elements, the board, the grid, and the movement of pieces and only certain pieces can move certain ways. I take those and transpose those onto, you know, basically poker size playing cards, but each card has specific arrows which dictate how that card can move. I shrink the board down uh, to a four by four grid because uh, on an eight by eight grid, you end up just chasing each other around the board and it can just take way too long right. to play a game. And because they're cards, things become harder to see. So, you know, just shrink it down to make it a little bit more uh, uh, approachable as a game. And then because it's a trading card game, each card has like a, a unique uh, facet or ability to it. So some cards will say like, when you play this card, gain some resources and you need resources in trading card games to play cards. So if you're, if most people are uh, familiar with Catan, yeah, I know yeah. just explain chess, but in Catan, you have different types of resources. You have uh, wood, wheat, sheep, and brick, something yeah. like that. And you use those resources to do things like build and construct buildings to get points to win the game. In six forms, there's one type of resource because I don't want you to be focused on resource management. I want you to be focused on managing the board. The resources are there to keep you uh, from overtaking your opponent or the other player too quickly and to kind of add yeah, a tempo. Yeah, the resources become so the time. Things start off. 
Yeah. So it, it just helps, you know, give you that slow buildup. And as you accumulate more resources, you can have, you can do more things and the game gets more interesting over time. So it makes your early game very important uh, because if, if you aren't keeping up with the tempo of the other player, then they can overtake you just on, they have control over the board because they have more things on the board. Um, and with the, uh, the other element of like how the actual game mechanically works is you'll play cards, some cards to the battlefield and you'll move them around. But the gotcha is if you move too far toward your opponent, they could potentially flank your card because you're becoming more exposed or oh, vulnerable to them as you're moving away from your side and your opponent gets benefits to that. So they can flank your card and do more damage to it. Unlike chess where you'll just, you know, if I move onto your spot, hmm. I take over in this game, cards have like attack and health. And if, if the one card doesn't beat the other, then it can win. It can win. So it's not just like you automatically win by moving in that spot. There is, there's some, uh, uh, statistical like math things that happen to get you there. So if you're attacking somebody from behind in the game, the flanking comes into play. And that's, that's one of the key pieces that really differentiate the game and make the board stand out nice. to where it's not, it's really not like any game I've ever seen, uh, in the space before. Well, I think whenever it comes out, have you and I are going to have to play and then we'll have to do a recap episode just yes. talking about how the experience went. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's not like the idea hasn't been done before. It's just how I'm going about the idea is okay. different. And we haven't seen a game in the industry yet that has taken for the long term in that genre, but we have seen that there is demand for that type of game. There's uh, been two other games recently and since 2017 that have come out with that sort of mechanic and idea. But again, basically from a business standpoint, we haven't seen them work out, but from a demand and like player interest, there's definitely uh, that out there. So I'm hoping that my business experience with RoboJuice, Type Rocket, Business Website Leader, all the, all the other things, plus my, you know, programming brain and game design side of me, you know, and in the longevity that I've been spending on building this will, help it become something that, that withstands nice. the test of time, you know? So when the rains come and the floods come through. <laughs> cards will be saved. Yeah, I'm building on a rock. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I know we talked about uh, potentially having you come out after the, the conference to the game night that was over at Hack Greenville. Uh, were you yes. able to come out and do that? So I, unfortunately, I wasn't able to come after Carolina Code. Uh, I needed to get home, help with the kids, put the kids down for bed. Um, I. I feel like that's an acceptable uh, yes. excuse. Somebody. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was uh, more specific than that. Cause we had planned for me to be away, uh, but I'm pretty sure like somebody got sick or something like that. It was like one of those, like, okay, here we go. You know, you try to get away. I'm sure you're very oh, used yeah. to this. <laughs> Anybody I, I, with kids knows exactly what exactly I'm talking about. talking about. Stuff happens. Yeah. So yeah, stuff happens. So, yeah, but I definitely wanted to be uh, be a part of that and to get to. However, the parts of Carolina Code Conference that I was there for were, Barry, you did a All great right. job. Like, I know you were, I'm not trying to fluff I'll you up. I'll take it. You can come on. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> since, you know, genuinely, I'm always genuine, I would like to believe. But, uh, you know, you were on the Website Leader podcast and we talked about the conference and it it was clear from the podcast that you had a plan, but then to see it executed, and for you to work around all the things that happen that are yeah, unplanned. The unplanned stuff was interesting. Um, <laughs> uh, that, you know, it shows that you thought about a lot because it, 
while things were falling off in some areas, like none of us knew, right? Uh, you, well, the only thing that we knew was that like a speaker couldn't make it because they got sick, but you are, you already had a plan for that. So, you know, it was, it was nice that you showed up with a first aid kit for the conference ready to go. Uh, much like I would show up with a first aid kit if I take my kids to the park type of thing. It's like, just well, in you. case. Yeah, I pretty much obsessed um, about that conference and then for the four months straight. My wife was really tired of hearing about it by the time yeah. the day came. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, the speaker lineup was excellent. Um, you know, I, I will say that it was a developer conference, yeah. right? So, you know, if you aren't a super nerd, you can... But you need a super, you know, if you need a super nerd, you can come. But if you're not a super nerd, a lot of those talks are going to be over your head. Um, but I, I love, um, I love many what was of your them. Favorite? I think, well, put you uh, on the spot. So, yes. So Jay Ruby was, was pretty good. Uh, the other one, I can't, I'm not going to remember the names of the speakers or the talk names, but the, there was one on SQL performance and SQL profiling. I thought that one was really okay. good as well. Is that the um, anomaly detection one uh, or the ETL? I think so. Or Snowflake? I, uh, see, I told you. Don't. All right. <laughs> um, I'm not going to remember the name. But those those were two that stood out to me. Um, the the JRuby one in particular, just hearing the story, you know, there's a lot of story to that. It wasn't necessarily as technical, yeah. but it was here's an idea and here's, what if you have a similar idea, how that can develop and become something. And so just hearing somebody else's story. Yeah, that was Charles Nutter. On, that was a, you know, that was a really interesting talk. You know, he's been with Jay Ruby from virtually the beginning. And uh, it's, you know, if, if you're not yep. familiar with Jay Ruby, Jay Ruby is a project to let you run Ruby natively on Java's virtual machine. Uh, and so you can take advantage of everything that's there within Java, but you can use the Ruby language to do it. And it's, it's got virtually 100% compatibility with Ruby, except for specific libraries that call out directly to C that cannot be run on the JVM. Um, but there are substitutes for almost every single one of those circumstances, even when it comes to the third-party libraries. The support's really incredible. But uh, the story was great. And that, that if anybody's interested in reading that or in hearing that talk, it's up on our YouTube and Facebook pages. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I actually thought we had a yeah. decent blend I mean, there were a lot of highly technical talks in there, but I actually thought we had a decent blend of the non-technical in there as well. Um, Bruce Tate, yeah, the, when he was the, talking about his nautical uh, adventure, I thought was really, really interesting. I may have been, so I did do networking during this, some of the All talks right. as well. Uh, so like hallway okay. stuff. That was the one right after uh, lunch. Uh, uh, not, okay. There was, uh, there was one, there was one talk for the non-technical, right. That I enjoyed where, Basically, how can developers and designers? Oh work yeah, that together? was Sean. Reed. I thought that was a really good talk. Yeah, that was a great. Talk. Yeah, Sean did. Actually, uh, saw him. I didn't talk to him, but I, I saw him at uh, Tech After Five. So last, yeah, last Wednesday, the last Tech After Five. Um, so it was really neat to see see him in Greenville. I didn't realize he was oh, in yeah, Greenville, yeah. and I think yeah, that's he, a, he's the he's the lead instructor a, now for the Code School, Carolina Code School. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was another interesting thing about Carolina Code Conference was the number of people that came out to support that and the, the conference in general, but not just necessarily from Greenville. Yeah. I know it's 
it's somewhat uh, regional, and there's a lot of you know familiar faces there. I got to run into a lot of people I just haven't gotten run to run into in a while, just because the tech scene in Greenville has, you know, because of the pandemic, honestly, like a lot of meetups mm-hmm. shut down and, and people haven't been getting back together. I know Hack Greenville has started, like they're about yeah, to October do October 12th. They're about to have Hack Greenville nights. October. That's going to be really interesting. Yep. And that's the yeah, pilot. The pilot. And they're going to do this, it right? like, a, I think yep. they're planning on having three talks uh, at it. They're trying to do a, a, a scenario where they've got like, two dueling shorter talks and then one big main talk uh, set up. And that's, mm-hmm. that's actually um, something that came out of some suggestions from, um, uh, from Ryan who, who came down from Detroit and he mentioned that this was a, this was a really interesting format they had in the tech community up in Detroit. And he said it was very popular and they really loved it. And so I'm, I'm interested in seeing, they're looking at doing this as like a quarterly thing, not a monthly meetup, but a quarterly kind of super meetup every quarter. And so it'll be interesting to see how that comes together. I can't wait. I'm definitely going to be out there. We'll also have extra Carolina Code Conference shirts for sale out there in case anybody was looking for one. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Pick them up. Barry does not want t-shirts stored in his house. Well, you need to be able to wear it to represent. I need to pick one up. I actually haven't picked one up yet. Um, We can solve it. So bring bring them to the Hack Greenville thing. They're sitting in the back of my car in case I end up at any other various meetups. So I can just bring them in and and hawk them for people to <laughs> as needed. It's a great shirt. I love the shirt, but came out really, really well. But, um, but I, I ordered, I ordered more than we, than we needed just because I wanted to have extras around right. anyway, but we will see. Yeah. It's smart. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, so yeah. I'll, I'll definitely see you out there for that at Hack Greenville Nights. Um, and so, uh, so, you know, circling back, I think the only, um, the only other topic on the table, unless mm-hmm. unless something else comes up, was the the website leader podcast, yeah. of course. You know, which we've, we've talked about again. Yes, bit. but uh, so tell me about you know how long you've been doing been doing that. Uh, is it it's the business website leader, right? Okay. Yes. So how long have so, you been doing that? Tell the, me about some of the um, the guests that you've had on, not including me, of course. I don't want you to be biased. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. So uh, we've only had one person on the show that was any good. So that was Barry. <laughs> but, you know, everybody else. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to throw all of all the people. Say, I'll place. edit that out if you need so, <laughs> No, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> it's just us nerds now. If we've made That's it this true. far. You're right? really committed if, you're, um, if, you're, if you've made it this far. I'm impressed. Right. There's nothing wrong with being a nerd. Exactly. I love being a nerd. It's great. Um, so I, I'll give you kind of the pitch and, and sort of scenario of business website. Uh, or website leader podcast. So we started the business website leader platform, which was essentially designed to help businesses just get a professional presence online that would help them get the phone ringing. So what we, what we did was we trimmed back everything that your traditional quote unquote brochure website, air quotes, brochure website would website would be. And we asked the question, what are the fundamental things you have to do to get those success criteria in place, getting the phone ringing and being professional. And so what that turned into was just really elegant websites where we aren't spending the budget on the aesthetic side. We're spending the budget on making sure the words are right, that you're communicating the point that you're saying that, hey, my business has a a problem that we solve and you have that problem and let us come alongside you and help you solve that problem. That was the primary thing, getting the messaging uh, correct. our, our issue then is how do we let people know about that product? Well, networking. Well, 
we launched this product and then like a year later covid yeah. happens right so then the we we're doing other you know we have robojuice we're doing custom work and but this product was taken well you know, we've had many clients say wow i can't this is an incredible product um you know we we had uh one company their after school program we launched this site and not necessarily specifically just because of obviously it takes a lot to run a, a a business and there are many things going on but after they launched the website that gave them the extra confidence and more confidence and more customers to be able to build another building and now they've gone on to have that business acquired nice uh and you know one of the key roles is the business website their product so we know the product works we know people want it but getting the word out about it and that's where this podcast comes in the website leader podcast so it was an answer in a way for us to say how can we have interesting conversations with business leaders to create a community in greenville uh and to to have a, a deeper conversation with the person across from the other side of the microphone you know we do that podcast in studio and it just allows us to to have that conversation to listen um and to have other people listen to that that conversation. You know, we've had anywhere from accountants to programmers slash event hosts like yourself on the show, SEO experts, marketing experts. Um, you had Tropical Grill really? on there. Nice. Laz, yeah, uh, uh, Laz, the, the owner of Tropical Grill, you know, um, he was on there as well. Uh, you you uh you had I'm trying to say you had Tropical Grill as your team oh, yeah. for the event. Fantastic. One uh, of my favorite we had uh, we had Laz on the podcast. Um, you know, just did one with Phil Yanov, um, uh, Tim Tim Laurie uh, okay. was on there. Uh, se several several people from just in the community have have been on the show. We're about oh let's see I. I want to say we're like nearing 50. I just, I just scheduled 57 and I have three more already scheduled to be recorded. And so, yeah, we'll be, we'll be at 50 before the end of the year. So we'll be heading into 52 episodes. We've been nice. doing it, the podcast for about two years now. And it's, you know, it's been a really great thing for RoboJuice and business website leader in terms of brands. But, uh, you know, ultimately it's allowing us to stay connected to people and continue to build relationships. And that's really the foundation of any business. Like that's why we're doing this Absolutely. podcast, right? Absolutely. Is, you know, you want to be able to make Carolina Code Conference the, the go-to conference in this region and potentially other yeah. regions, you and know, the quad state um, and reach out. North, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia. Uh, I think, you know, us mm -hmm. being in that upper corner right there, it, it really we're in a great position to bring a lot of interesting people together. And, uh, and I think Greenville's a, an opportune venue for that because you're not going to get Charlotte people going to the Atlanta conference or Atlanta people going to the Charlotte conference, but you might be able to bring Charlotte and Atlanta both into Greenville who are, since we're right dead in the center of them. And, uh, I, I, I think there's a real opportunity here long-term, but we'll see you know, 2024 is the make or break year for, uh, for, for the growth to see yeah. if we can sustain all this great momentum that we've had. And so we're trying to grow and we're, oh, we're going to be charging for tickets you for will. the first time. And that's um, going to be interesting dynamic that to see how it problem. works out. Yeah. You know, when you, because we have such a great tech scene yeah. in Greenville, I, I don't really see you having a problem with ticket prices because, you know, I just went to uh, Tennessee yeah. for Laracon, Um And 
those, and they don't make any money on the event, even though they charge, right? Which is basically similar yeah. to what you're doing. Uh, and it's like, okay, $500 for that ticket per person. We take our entire team down there. It's fairly expensive and we have to do hotels and yeah, all it's that. It's not going to be more close to that expense. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, but because of the tech scene in Greenville, it's, if you're saying like, 20, I know you probably don't want to like nail down an exact price right now, but let's say it's $20, like $20 to come to Carolina. It's going to be higher than $20. I'll go ahead and tell you it's, it's going to be somewhere between a hundred and 200. Uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to nail yeah. down exactly what that figure looks like. And I've actually looked at, um, I was, t I was 10 times yeah, well, off. No, so. I've actually looked <laughs> at all things open. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that conference yeah. or not, but the, it's a conference that's gone on the research mm -hmm. triangle for a while. And it's also a polyglot conference. And they've actually got a pricing structure that I think makes a lot of sense. You can either get a, a single day ticket or a full event ticket mm -hmm. for basically a discount on that would be cheaper than just buying the two individually. And when you look at the cost breakdown of the ticket, there's basically a fixed cost per person who attends the event at all. And then there's a fixed cost per day per person. And so by doing that, you basically get to have a, all right, here's the price if you attend at all. And so we'll lump that in with your price per day for a single ticket. But if you're having a multi-day ticket, we've already covered your price per day in one day of it. And then we just need your price per day tacked onto it. And so I think they end up doing, it's like uh, $100 a day or $150 for the whole event. And I think somewhere in that structure, that's based on the numbers that I had from previous years, somewhere in that range probably makes a lot of sense. I've, I'm still working on some stuff with the accountant because I've, I've got to figure out there's Right. When you charge for tickets, there's attendance taxes. I didn't realize attendance taxes were a thing, but that's a thing with events. And so I've got to uh, figure that out. And I've got to figure out what the whole uh, piece of it looks like. But I, from what, uh, from everything that I've heard from people, that seems like it's a very reasonable price point. And it's, it's the price Absolutely. point to make sure that as we grow, we're covering the per head cost for attendees uh, without having to just go and get more and more and more sponsors every year for the larger audience. So right. We'll, we'll see what happens there. But, um, but you know, for anybody who's listening, that's, that's the area that I'm working with somewhere in that hundred to $200 range. And I'm just trying to nail it down because I want to keep it low, uh, but we'll, <clears throat> right. Cause I don't want to price anybody out of it, but we're also, you know, we're also going to be right. having a scholarship program so you can, you know, buy tickets yeah, for other people and contribute to, to make it sure other people can attend too. Yeah. I don't think you're going to be pricing anybody out of $150 uh, for, for the tech scene specifically. Agreed. Yeah, a lot um, of these tickets are you know, eight hundred dollars, two thousand dollars. If you're talking about something like a reinvent or something, it's <clears throat> granted we're not reinvent, right. <laughs> so, but one well, day who knows? You know, we're 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 Greenville. We're the new and up and coming exactly. thing for a very. Uh, I, my brain just started the firing off all the amazing things that Greenville has done over the years, and we really yeah. have done a lot. But Carolina Code Conference is something that hasn't. Well, I won't say it hasn't. It hasn't been something historically Greenville has uh, mm -hmm. done a lot. You know, we have Grok uh, a few times, but like there hasn't been like the conference that Greenville does every year, year on year, that is, you know, a bastion right. for the tech scene. We have Tech After Five and Phil does a great job with that. But this you know, Carolina Code Conference, you have something that can be for developers and developers mm -hmm. love conferences. You know, even though many of us are introverts, we love to come out and be connected and see the interesting things that people are working on. And you've really tapped into that Absolutely. as a bit of a testimony for Carolina Code Conference. I appreciate that. Anybody that wants to come to that, you know, you've got new connections you can make, you know, 
keep your current connections charged and ready to go, um, acquiring new knowledge and, and just a breadth of knowledge of the space, you know, exposing yourself to things that you wouldn't have otherwise been exposed to. Like, like I am with Jay Ruby, I have no intention of picking up Jay Ruby like <laughs> ever, but that's why is that one of my top yeah. talks then, you know, it's really right? interesting so, hearing how it all came together for sure. Yeah. So, you know, I think $150, if you're not, if you are living in Greenville, you're in a tech scene, you're not taking that opportunity, then, you know, I'm sorry. I, I will take that opportunity I, I, for I, I, you. Because there, there's only so many people you can facilitate, right? How many people can come to uh, 2024? So, you so have a new, venue. a new venue. We're going to be able to grow to 300 uh, this year. And, um, and so we're awesome. trying to expand our reach a little bit, pull in more people from outside of the area. And uh, we already had a, had a really good, um, attendance from outside the air. We pulled a lot from North Carolina and Tennessee, um, this year. And that was great to, that was really great to see, but, um, we'll see if we can continue growing it. We're a, it's it, Greenville such a natural hub area and the downtown is just gorgeous. It's a, it's a wonderful place to visit. It is impossible to have a bad day. In yes. downtown Greenville. It really is. It's just, it's just such a nice way. I, I worked in downtown for like eight years and I would just go take a walk in, in the middle of the day just to clear my head and think through problems. And, yeah, no matter what the weather was, it, it could be a hundred degrees outside. It could be zero degrees outside. Somehow it's always nice on main street. <laughs> it's. Yep. Yeah. I, I saw Eeyore going down the sidewalk one day and he was smiling. <laughs> okay. So that's how awesome Greenville is. Nice. Very nice, Kevin. All right. Well, that, uh, I, I appreciate the shout out there. Check out the website leader podcast, yeah, check out type rocket and stay tuned for the, uh, for the release of, uh, of the new game. It was called what? Six forms. Yeah. Right. Six forms. Check out six com. Six forms. Well, thanks a lot for coming yeah. today, Kevin. Very Enjoyed cool. having you. Oh, and, and one last Thank shout you, out. I can't, uh, I can't go without this. Mm -hmm. Thank you again to uh, herd media for helping me put together this podcast in the first place. They're, they're teaching me the ropes of how to do all this stuff. I'm learning my way through the editing process and everything else, but they've been, uh, they've been a huge help and support and, and getting this thing out the door for me. So thanks for that. All right.